Hey, what's going on everybody? I got an awesome interview for you today with my good friend Stratton Brown. He is a real estate investor in my local market and through the years of working together and getting to know each other better, he's been uh, a, a very influential person in my life and he's actually the very reason why I'm standing here today providing this content and doing this and I gotta owe him uh, a big thanks and credit for pushing me and encouraging me to do better and to reach for bigger goals. So hope you enjoy the interview and let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. All right, what's up, everyone? This is Dean Rogers. Welcome to today's episode. We have a special guest with us. Got my good friend, Stratton Brown. Stratton, welcome to the episode, man. Thanks for having me on, Dino. Of course, man. Hey, I, there's no one better to have on today for the first interview than you because, dude, you pushed me over the edge, man. You pushed me right off the cliff. You sent me the links to all the stuff I needed to buy, and you're like, I got a team that can manage it all for you. So just, like, let's go. Pretty much. So dude, that was, that was what I needed, man. I mean, for most people, for most things in general in life, like they create their own barriers, they get in their own way. And I just got to say like, thanks as a friend, man, for just being there for me to be like, yo, get out of your own way, get into it. Like you'll love it. You'll be good at it. Just do it. Right. We'll be good at it. You're pretty. You'll look great. <laughs> it's going to make you more money over time. It's going to bring you more deals all that other good stuff. I think it's the best thing. Really, any business owner should be doing more social. It just gets you free advertising. by you, Instead of having to pay these massive conglomerates money and ads, we can just go online, go reach as many people as we can if you can build up your social media handles big enough. 100%. I mean, you and I feel the same way. Like The more people that we talk to, the more hands we shake, the more relationships we build, like the more it just impacts and makes our life better. And, and it makes it more fun too. Like being able to talk with people like you all the time, rather than just stay in my home office and crank out deals and just talk to sellers or buyers, yeah. you know, like it's way more fun being closer to people that are like-minded people that are going through similar experiences, both good and the struggles that we face. So I just appreciate you a lot, man. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me on, dude. So, hey, I'm thinking for today, let's just for some people that don't know like who you are, right? Even though uh, I think a lot of us uh, that are going to be watching this, at least at first, and as you know, my, my audience grows over time, um, I want to bring on people from our local community and just put a spotlight on the, the great people that are in our community and kind of grow the audience from there, right? Yep. And so uh, just for those that, that don't, I, I got some stuff to dive into. Then I'm just going to hit you with some random questions and just kind of pick a pe pick apart who, uh, who Stratton Brown is. So, um, so let's start with football, man. I know that obviously there's a lot of, a lot of backstory to, to who you are and who made you, but like football I'm sure is, was, or maybe even still is a big part of your identity. Yeah, bro. I mean, I'd say, it took me a while to learn a skill that I developed in sports over time that I could actually use in business. And I'd say football for me, like football and sports in general, I did the math the other day. I've been in 55 different organizations throughout my life. Like if you, all sports teams are it's just organizations, right? Yeah. Some of them are led by good people. Some of them are led by shitty people, mediocre people. And so I've, I'd say that is what's played the biggest role in my life is I've been around amazing leaders, really bad leaders, and all that other good stuff like over time you you too right i mean oh yeah for since we're five years old we're in three different organizations a year is what i say like we're playing three four different sports that's four different sports organizations that you're in where you can see how to make people operate the right way the wrong way how to make people feel good all that all that stuff and so that's what sports has played the biggest role for me it's helping me develop my leadership skills yeah and outside of family like that's those people are going to be influential in your life to help oh, yeah. kind of 
to motivate you to sometimes unmotivate you and, and not make you feel good. And, and you learn kind of what are the, the things or people to avoid. Um, and yeah, that, that plays a huge impact. So you, for those that don't know, you were a stud at Fresno state, you were, you know, killing it there dreams of the NFL and you know, what, what happened from there? Uh, my senior year, I hurt my neck pretty bad. For those of you who know sports, I came out of a third. I was playing safety and a running back broke and I went head up with him like 30 yards out, like just a dead sprint. <laughs> and I thought I went low enough and I legitimately like went head to head with this guy uh, and I messed up my neck so bad to where and anybody tapped me, I'd get a stinger. So I, for the rest of the year, I finished 17th in the country in tackles and all conference with a bad neck, but nobody, I didn't practice because if anybody touched me, I'd want to crack. That's, that's wild, man. Yeah. I mean, any, especially football, but sports in general, like you, most of the time you're playing injured, especially football. Especially and football. there was always, always something wrong going on with my body. I know my senior year we were in, um, we were in uh, camp just before the season started and we were doing a blocking drill and I got kind of tingled up and was trying to get off of the block and uh -huh. I ended up falling on my back and both uh, uh, offensive tackle and a, a defensive end both fell right on top of me where my, my legs were kind of crunched up and it like compressed my back so bad. Oh. And it was, it was, it, dude, it was so locked up. I was having spasms. Like it felt like I had a steel bar in there. It was that stiff. And like, yeah. I could only walk like this. And I remember grabbing like the inside of a door frame and just going like this and my whole back, just going da, 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 da. <laughs> like, dude. And it, it was brutal. And I've, I've had neck injuries too, really bad ones, um, to where I, you know, couldn't, couldn't move my neck. So it's brutal, man. And, and a lot of that is timing and, and impacts. It's so crazy that that small part of our lives makes a huge impact on the trajectory. Cause who knows, like maybe you would have been in a, a better position to uh, be seen at practice by NFL scouts and be a little bit more healthy to make, you know, a longer career out of the NFL, you know? Oh, for sure. I, I had a sports in my senior year too, with that neck injury. When I got to Seattle, I, it was three months after my sports her hernia surgery. I went in at the same time as Malik Hooker, who went like, 10th overall he played safety too he didn't even touch the field until like the first week of the year of like actually getting ready and like running and stuff but like yeah. it's a completely different game when you're coming out of a mid-major compared to coming out of ohio state right like you just gotta yeah. play a different game you gotta get out there and try and get picked up yeah so so much of uh sports and then us both having a football background is about timing um oh, yeah. from from coaches from you know scouts from all that kind of stuff, injuries, and a little bit of luck too. Like, <laughs> it's a decent amount of luck because, like, think about Namdi Asamoah, who got fucking exposed when he left the Raiders, but he was in the right system when he was with the Raiders. Yep. But I system, like, I feel like it's half of it is talent, half of it is so many other variables. Yeah, because you'll see freak athletes that don't make it that play great too. Because there's there's freak athletes that just don't have the skill within the game. Like there's someone that might run a 3.940, which I don't even know if there's ever been a human that has, but let's say he does give him the ball. He's fumbling it all the time. He like, exactly. just, he just doesn't put it together. It just, doesn't right? have it. just doesn't have it. And some people are slow, but they just have it and they just kill it, you know? Exactly. Um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm similar to where so much of my life was structured and a lot of my identity was around sports. So what, what I find interesting talking with people like you is just seeing people who have had success and big wins in sports come out of sports because I've seen a lot of football players fail big. I've also seen a lot win big, you know, and a yeah. lot of that comes down to just like the taking that same approach to the, to the game, to the, to the sport and the discipline. And a lot of that structure is set up for you. So if you just show up, it'll be done. But when you get out in the real life, there's not a whole lot of structure. Like you got to create the structure so you can just fail. And, and in most cases, people aren't going to be there to pick you up. It's up to you. Nobody cares. And I'd say, I mean, the hardest transition in my life, I would say was after college of what do I do with my life? Your identity has gone. 
you again you have no monetizable skills i was watching a podcast <laughs> yeah. with ryan pineda bro he had a degree in economics from a decent school and he couldn't even get a job and he played pro baseball right so okay i i can put pro baseball pro football player on my resume i can put all conference i can put played on usa rugby i can put all these different things and i still couldn't get a job and luckily i ended up at the end of football getting a job here at an investment company just down the street ended up handling a lot of the day-to-day there and then i kind of took off from there so 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 tell me like because i think what happens to a lot of a lot of people is they'll come right out of a sport that structure and they just kind of do nothing you know so like what what propelled you for what caused you to actually take action and do something um oh i was a single father <laughs> I was a single dad, and we. Dude, there's a lot a of deadbeat single fathers, though, dude. Yeah, I mean, but I, I wasn't gonna be another black American dad story. Um, I think that was it, dude. It was me and my. You for, you forget like how far you've come, honestly. It was, but it was legitimately me and my son Zeno against the world for a long time, to where we were starving, had no money, could barely pay rent. Uh. It was tough, dude. But I'd say that was, and I wanted to make a lot of money. I was like, well, if I'm not going to go to the NFL, I need to make NFL money. How can I make NFL money? And eventually, and I knew real estate was the way. But that, I mean, the money thing was one thing. Everybody wants to make a lot of money, I feel like. But if you don't have an actual why of like why you're doing things, something that's pushing you forward to get past like that first $100,000, you got to get past like that first $100,000. That's such a big milestone right there. Six figures. When you break through it, like, I remember telling myself, if I could just make six figures, I've made it. I remember when I got there, I was like, damn, I need to make a lot more. <laughs> Your exactly. goals shift. But that, dude, that six-figure mark is such a milestone. Bro, it's a massive milestone. And I think that, but to get there, it was really just me and my son and my girlfriend later at it at the time. But it was really just where I had to make money, had to pay the bills, means, you know, we're eating bananas and rice for months at a time. I had to donate blood all the time just to fucking pay my bills, sold all of my Fresno State gear so I could pay my rent. And then as well, use that for like marketing money and stuff when I was first get my company off the ground. That's wild, man. Yeah, I, I remember being month to month for, you know, a year and a half plus um, coming out of the NFL going to the, the real world, getting a corporate job and living in a tiny 424 square foot apartment and just feeling dead broke. Like, dude, this isn't it. Like I got to find something else. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and just Googled how to get started in real estate. So how'd you, so that's what I'm interested in is like, how did you know real estate was going to be it for you to get you into the business world and kind of get your footing? Like, how did you know real estate? I didn't, I didn't even start thinking about business until like a year ago, honestly. Um, I would say when I was playing at Fresno State, I was partying my absolute ass off. Like I was, <laughs> I was going hard. And so I was like, bro, and my friend was on the Chiefs at the time and talked about Travis Kelsey, like spent his entire $80,000 signing bonus just on partying. And I was like, wow. bro, so odds are you're going to keep going hard and you want to enjoy the lifestyle. So you need to learn how to invest your money. So you don't end up on a TV show, like broke, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to like, while I'm training for my pro day, I was listening to like Dave Ramsey, Grant Cardone, bigger pockets, Napoleon Hill, listen to all that stuff. And so like, I knew what I was going to do with my money. As soon as I got in the NFL, I didn't make dog shit. I probably lost money going to the NFL in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um, something you had to do though. You had to do it. That's what I had to do. And then I came home from Seattle and I started like a home inspection business to like a mock inspection, went through a crawl space. And I said, I'm not doing this shit. And I was always going to meetups. Right. So I was going to like, I don't know if you know, Jay Orlowski, he doesn't run his downtown a bitwise anymore, but I started going to that one, like in the middle of the day, I started going to like Henry's, I was going to Don's and I met my good friend and still mentor and who was, I ended up working for Alan at the time. And he was like, yeah, three years ago, I was driving a tractor for 30 grand a year, 20 grand a year. Now I make 200,000 plus a month. I was like, oh yeah, cool. He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy a jet too. And I own 60 rentals. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I didn't think much of it. 
And then um, I did my home inspection shit. It was awful. And from there, then I just called Alan one day and I was like, hey, bro, what do you do again? He was like, oh, yeah, I do this. He was like, go, go get an app called Property Radar and go knock on a bunch of doors of people who are about to lose their house and see if they want to sell. And I did that when Sierra was, uh, Zeno's mom was pregnant for, I did it so much that she thought I was cheating on her because I'd just wake up and I'd leave. And then I'd come home when the sun went down. And I'd just keep going, knocking those pre-foreclosure doors. And I was just doing that consistently. But that's how I got started in real estate. I mean, everyone's got a path getting in, right? And so, like, what led you to go to those those meetups? Like, how did you know bigger that pockets. was a thing? Bigger pockets. And how did you find bigger pockets? I think I was just looking. I, I was like, "What? Where do I invest my money?" Is you were it? just searching, huh? I was just on Google, whatever, in between playing Skyrim and training and <laughs> whatever. I was just like looking of ways like I could invest my money. I was like, I just, I know I'm going to be rich. How can I protect myself against myself? (laughs) (laughs) See, I think, I I think, um, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked that I, I chose real estate to sink my teeth in. I could have been any business, any industry to like go all in, in, but I just happened to to go in real estate and it's such a good broad industry and yeah. such a, a good asset class that I'm, I'm thankful that I just was a little bit of lucky, you know, a little bit lucky to, to have chosen that. Um, I, I think the, the wife left to go get some food, the baby's up. So I'm gonna put myself on mute for a second, grab the baby, be right back. One second. For those of you guys who don't know, Dean, I'll be on the phone with Dean and he'll be hurting all three children at the same time. Got the baby in his arms, got the two kids fighting in the background. He's an amazing dad that way. I don't know how he does it. We only have our one four-year-old who is absolute mayhem. Oh, there's the baby. What's going on, Chunkers? She's not happy. She's like, I was crying in there. You didn't hear me. Well, she's cute enough. I'll try to have her in here uh, till the wife gets back and uh, put myself on mute if she's crying. But um, so kind of flash forward to um, where you're at now. So you, you were working with, with Alan, um, you got your footing. I, I know your story and kind of jump forward a little bit more. You, you got started on your own, started getting traction, but what led you to where you're at today? So you still have your real estate investing business, wholesaling and, and other investments. But what what led you to get into the cold calling business? Um, the staffing company was just I got I got fucked over for six grand by a, a company That's who didn't right. send me any who didn't send me any KPIs or anything. I was like, oh man. And Adam got fucked over. I was like, oh fuck this guy. I met him. I thought I knew him. I knew him and his wife. They were great people. I thought they were great people. And so I went and I talked to a couple other companies. I went and used them. I had like eight people with one company. didn't work. Same eight people with another company, like with a diff- another company, and it didn't work. And so I eventually um, was like, whatever, I'll do this shit on my own. So, right, you bring all your callers back in-house and whatnot. And I was like, oh, maybe I start a VA business. A bunch of people like, keep coming to me and asking me about like VAs. And so I think I just hit up Chase. I was like, Chase... He's, Cause he's like the only like integrator person I know. Like he's the complete opposite of me. Like we took personality tests. So how'd you get a relationship with him? Were you guys doing some deals together? You guys just were meeting each other at the local meetups or. No, I met him. Um, he worked for Matt and I met him and I was like, Hey, you want some side income? And like, I'd, I'd been talking to him what whatnot. And he ran Matt's company and I ran, I ran some of Alan's company. He ran way more of Matt's than I ever did of Alan's because Chase is a lot smarter than I am. Um, but yeah, so that's how I met him. And then I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll just have this thing to cover like some monthly bills or whatever. And then kind of the perfectionism bug, I guess would kick in. Yep. And it's so, like, Oh wait, this is something. Yeah. This is something. Oh, it's got to go bigger. I want it to be more. It needs to service people more. And then that thing kind of turned into the behemoth that it is. It supports our other media company that we have. That's getting up. That's, rolling now and then we have another airbnb company that should be coming out at the end of january 
that will be, I think will be our biggest one yet. That should be really, really big. Airbnb company. Yeah. Don't get me excited on that. You're going to be managing, you're going to be It'll be getting a- locations and, and having uh, like destination spots that people can get membership to. Cause there's some, there's some pretty cool, sexy It'll ideas. Somewhat VA based of management to okay. where I think we can, we can scale that thing up pretty fast, pretty easily with the, with the infrastructure I already have in place to where I should be able to add it. Now you could probably test them into this service business is tough, right? Oh, it, it sucks. Real estate investors <laughs> suck, dude. Um, Service business is tough. I, I keep hearing it's, it. Yeah. It's tough the way I've personally had to do it because everyone is always unhappy, number one. I've never met a happy. Wanting better results, more wanting results. Wanting better results, right? And like better and better and better results. And we give them the farm. And I mean, it's an exaggeration when to say no one's happy. Obviously, we have a very successful company and our clients are successful. But- it's a service business is tough in that respect. So the way we'll make some different tweaks in it, but I think the one thing I should have done sooner is that I just have a customer service rep and a sales rep immediately. And I just worry about marketing. And that way you can grow it faster and you don't, you don't have those customer complaints coming in all the time. Cause then it hurts your sales. Cause you think your company's not doing good by one person complaining but in all reality, you have 40 other clients who are destroying it. And that one person's just a squeaky wheel. Oh, for sure. But then, but then you get into yourself psychologically, right? And it's like the salesman who gets in and they start off hot and then they quit selling as much because there was one customer complaint and now they don't believe in the product anymore. Yeah. Then you get some squeaky wheel who likes to cry and go online and say something negative or something like that. That kind of stuff happened. Not that it maybe it hasn't happened to you. And I hope it hasn't, but oh, that kind happened. of stuff, that kind of stuff happens to service businesses and there's, there's no way around it. You know, there's um, no, there's no way around it, dude. I mean, it's a part of it. It's, but it's a, I've learned so much from running this one that I would have never learned in real estate, just about business and leadership oh, and yeah. scaling. A hundred percent. Cause it's not, it's, it's no, you'll invest in the business, but it's no longer investing. You're, you have to have a legit business. Oh my God. Yeah. Like this is, I, we own a like a legitimate organization at this point. Like, yeah. You have how many people on staff? Close to like 150 people on staff. Yeah. Yeah. And that number is even higher from the last time I asked you, it was like 110 before that it was at like 80 or 90. So yeah. you guys keep growing and you guys, I mean, there's such a need for, for this type of business. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a need and I labor wages are only going up in America Right. So people are going to start looking to outsource wherever they can uh, to good quality companies, all that other good stuff. But this has forced me to learn how to like actually delegate. Right. Cause like it's easy to do uh, some things on your own and just like let it be. When you start growing and you have so much demand running, then how can you actually hire people, set up systems, set up processes, and let it run to where now I'd probably work in it? all of 30 minutes a week with a weekly phone call of checking in with our COO on how things are going and like, Hey, how are things going? How are sales? So that's one, that's one thing I want to highlight about you. It's kind of funny. (laughs) And I was thinking about this before our call, like the way I was going to phrase this, and this is in the most like respectful way, but you have the personality that's like perfect as a business owner. Cause even though you, you will do it if you have to, you have done it because the only way to get where you're at is to do it, but you don't want to sit there and work hard all day. That's the impression I, I get. But so I am an anxious monster. So I'm working all day. I believe um, that. I believe that. But you don't want to sit there and be cold calling all day type of thing. No, like, because I don't see my, I don't see it making me the amount of money I want to make. I, I yeah. see things now in a term of leverage, like the conversation we had where I said, you're using your time the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so that's what I think of now. Like now my work is legitimately thinking and talking to people. Yeah. So I, the way, the way I envision you is like the perfect business owner. Cause you're, you're willing to find out ways to have other people in the positions they need to be to get you the results you need and to remove yourself completely from it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, my job is only to grow revenue 
and give people more opportunities to make more money with me and help them reach their goals and dreams. That's my job. Nothing else. Yeah. And, and obviously as, as, uh, as a leader in your business, like that's, that's just creating more opportunity for other people. And, uh, that's, that's the best way. That's the way you need to run a business, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I know most things, but now I've, I'm somewhat leaning on, okay, now I can make money. How can I just buy skills and acquire talent? I should never, for a lot of things, I should really be paying really high level operators to come and do it instead of learning how to do it myself. Cause I'm not the smartest person. And it sounds like the complete opposite of what you should be doing in business, but it's exactly what you should be doing in business, paying a professional, letting them kind of handle whatever's going on in that specific niche of whatever it's operations, whatever need you have that needs to be filled. And you, I don't think you should do it yourself. You need to know rudimentary what's going on, right? So you can hold their feet to the fire if anything happens. But besides that, dude, it is all delegation and really grand scheme painting the vision. A hundred percent. I mean, our business has, has multiple several times this, this year. And that's as a result of handing over more responsibility to other people and focusing on other revenue generating things and letting other people work on what they're best at. Right. Um, that's the only way that we've gotten to where we're at for sure. Oh yeah, but it's, and it's a, it's a hard thing to let go of. I know people read traction a lot and they think they get it, but you really have to find people who are going to make your team an A team. Like Glenna at a point in time, who's our COO and calm additions managed like over a thousand people at Alorica. And so she is way better at what she does than I would ever be. And she may not be painting the vision as good as I am, but as far as operations and everything else, dude, she's the shit. And we wouldn't be able to get where we are without her. Yeah, hundred percent. Or so without my partner, Chase. Just to just to shift gears, what do you think? Um, do you think it's harder or easier for someone to start a business today? Bro, it's so easy. Oh, I'll give you a minute while you pass off the chunkers. Sorry, hand it off the baby. You're good, bro. <laughs> um, I agree, dude. I think it's so much easier because there's so much information out there. Someone could argue about competition, but dude, there, there's an endless market for customers. There is no and, competition, dude. Like you're not Pepsi. You're not Coke. You're not competing with people with drinking water. There's so many humans and you can come up with a, I, I like, I've read the book Blue Ocean Theory. I think it's an amazing book. If you can do one thing slightly different and create a blue ocean, you're going to be making more money than God or more money than you thought you ever could make before. And there's even, bro, there's 15-year-olds flipping JPEGs right now for millions of dollars. And you're going to tell me like it's hard to start a business? There's a difference between a business and making money is the next thing too. Because I mean, would I say that's a business? No, like it is. Right? Is it some massive organization? No, but you're still making a lot of money. It's a it's a different way to look at business. It's not with employees and the normal sense of a brick and mortar type of business. Yes. But today, there is almost infinitely more ways to start a business and to make money just online. Like you, you don't even have to see people. You just put a product out there or a service or something to that effect that people can buy and exchange money. And there's endless amount of ways to do that. Oh, yeah. And I'm so big on social because I think it's the easiest way to grow a business ever. I think if you have a decent social, what you've done with your dispo to where we still need to work on deals with Dean, but you just get on once a week, talk about the deals you've done, post screenshots of, hey, here's me sending money. Oh, I already got three videos. They're in the the conveyor belt right now getting getting edited. They are? Hell yeah. yeah. That's... That's all you need to do. And then, okay, now that adds 20, 30, 40, 50, even close to like $100,000 of monthly revenue to a company and JVs, all from social media. And that's a completely, whenever you're starting a new wing in a business, you're starting a completely new organization, like for the most part. Oh, so you did that completely with social media. 
Yeah. Just w- social media, word of mouth. And it's, it keeps growing. Like it almost seems like on a regular daily basis, we have new people reaching out. Hey, can you check out this deal? Hey, I just got this deal under contract. And it's, it's kind of a snowball effect and, uh, it only, it only works and we're getting the results we can because we the get products good. We get results. Yeah, the know? product's good. We get results for people. And, um, and the biggest thing for me, it's all about like trust, like working with the right people. Cause I've worked with the wrong people before and, yeah. and gotten scammed and lost money. Um, and so working with the right people is everything to me. And I don't, so many people, when they get into, when they're newer, they're nervous to share information because they don't want to get burned. And I've been there, so I get it. But for me, it's like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll provide all my resources to you and make them available. Cause we just want to do good business. We just want to do a deal. We like doing deals. We know how to do them really well. So if you've got something that could come into the mix and become a deal, we'll maximize the hell out of it, make everybody a bunch of money and rinse and repeat it. And if you want to do basically no work and just send us a qualified lead, like we'll handle it from start to finish. Um, so yeah, for me, it's all about just like getting results, but also being someone you can trust. And, uh, for me, it's like, Hey, you, you could share anything with me because me stealing one deal from you and making 10, 20, 30, 40, even a hundred thousand more dollars. If I were to burn that one person, it would That's ruin me. my entire reputation. And I could show you not to, not to sound st- stupid, but I could show you a bank account, a hundred thousand dollars. Isn't going to change my life. You know, yep. it's not going to change the way I'm living my life right now. It'd be nice to have an extra hundred, but it's not going to change it. Um, so if I lost it or made an extra, it's, it's just not worth it to me to, uh, ruin a reputation because reputation is everything. Like you've made a name for yourself. Like you're, you're a cool, not only a cool dude, but like you're, you know how to put businesses together. You know, you know, other people and how to put relationships together, uh, your, your business that you're, you're building out. Like you're a known dude in our community now, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal. (laughs) That's the goal. Um, so shift, shift gears a little bit. Like what's, what's a a day in the life look for you look like for you? Oh man. I'm still trying to fucking figure it out. All these people who talk about how they have like their routines nailed down. I feel like I traveled too much for my routine to be nailed down. Mm -hmm. Um, ideally throws routines off like crazy, bro. It's so hard. I mean, I've over the last like four months, I've been traveling so much. It's insane. Um, ideally wake up at like four 30, four 40. From there, wake you up. Really, you really wake up that early? Yeah. Because you have an alarm clock that goes off or because you yeah, went to bed so early, clock. your body just wakes no, I have up? an alarm clock, dude. All these dudes who say they can do that, like, no. I have kids that wake up. They, they wake up at 5 or 5.30 and their ass is coming and waking us up. That's fucking insane. That's my alarm clock. No, my son will be hung by his toes in his room and told to go back to bed. <laughs> but they've been, shift- they've been shifting it up a little bit. They, they, they realize, you know what? If we wake up at five, if we are quiet and go get the iPad, we can go watch a movie in our room for two hours and no one will know anything about it. Yeah. They've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> my son sleeps till like eight, but I'll wake up then. I'll either go to the gym. So let's say I go to the gym. If, it's, if I'm in Salt Lake, I go to the Buffalo gym with my friends, or I just go to the Fort Washington gym just down the street from my house in Fresno. And then from there, I come home, journal, read, meditate. And if I'm in Salt Lake, I will go and hoop for about another hour and a half in the morning. If not, I'll so you come got a, you got some good runs in Salt Lake? That's where it's yeah. at? Yeah, bro. There's good runs in Salt Lake. And it's indoors. There's no indoor spots out here, so I'm not going to go hoop out in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I love about San Diego. There's a lot of places to go hoop. And there's there's so much talent like throughout all of San Diego. Any spot you go to, you're going to get a good run. Right, like you get a solid run. And I'm by no means a good – I can play defense, rebound, and I got a mean jumper, right? But I'm not going to go out there and fucking give people buckets. But I can go out there and I'm athletic enough where I'm not worried. And then I get really good cardio. I love yeah. basketball for staying in shape. Yeah. But then from there, and I have a bat phone that. So what are you doing this every day? Like, is this a daily, I go work out and play basketball or is it a couple if times I'm in, a week or. If I'm in Salt Lake, it's every day. If I'm out here, I play basketball three times a week. 
and I'll try and play football like two times a week. And I'll oh, go you play football, football too? Yeah, I go play flag football and fuck off. Okay. <laughs> just go run around. Is it organized park. or just random homies getting together? Um, sometimes it's organized, bro, and I really go out there and I talk shit for three hours straight. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I, see that. I talk. I. It's funny because like you wouldn't. I don't know. I'd be curious to get someone else's opinion if they would think I would be a, talk, a shit talker or not. But dude, when I get on the court, like I just get super amped. I just get super competitive and I love, love talking shit. It's so much fun. Bro, it's so much fun. Like, <laughs> I love it, bro. I love talking shit and getting the most out of people. But I, I talk shit to the wrong guy, dude. One dude who like played in overseas for like eight years and he backed oh, my he ass tore down. You up, like, huh? He tore my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you got one you got one bucket on him and you thought you were hot shit and got one talking. bucket right well I, I think i swatted him oh okay. and then um like i was like ah. and then i was like, all right big boy and i said something and then he legitimately just backed my ass down <laughs> and laid it up I was like, oh, uh. but um after that i come home like seven o'clock i always take my son seven o'clock i'll do that whole routine so i'm working out doing my morning routine, journaling, reading, planning out my day. If I have time to get like deep work in, I will. And then from there, I eat breakfast with my son and my girlfriend. And then I take my son to school. Then after that, I have self-storage time to where I'm looking for storage deals and whatnot. And then, or talking to sellers, whatever it is. And then finally, after that point in time, my work phone turns on and I take on whatever fires need to be put out or whatever. And then from there, it's all berries every day. Mike on here, he's saying uh, <laughs> he's all tight ends, baby. He's like, that's why uh, that's why DB shouldn't be talking shit. Oh, bro, the dude was a D end. He wasn't a tight end. The- D- DBs are always talking. They, they they're running their mouth all day long. Bro, I love yourself. Bro, I can't help myself. <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, it's too fun. And people get really legitimately frustrated. Oh, yeah. I could take people out of their game. And I don't get it. It's, a, it's that mental aspect of the game. All right. What else are we talking about? The routine? Yeah. yeah. So, after, so what, what do you like about your routine now? And what do you not like? I don't. It's hard to keep a routine with how much I travel. That's what I don't like. Right now, I, I love my. I mean, I love the way my days are set up. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I set aside, I time block things just so I can make sure things get done. So I get, but every morning the storage time is just so I can work on self storage, whatever. Does that work for you? Like, Hey, if I blocked off storage time, Ooh, I got these calls coming in. I'm going to ignore them because I'm on storage time. Yeah. I don't, my phone's not even on during storage time. That's, that's pretty hard to do because I got calls coming in all times during the day. And that's, that's, uh, that's low key. One of my superpowers call it good or not is, and part of why we get repeat business and continuous business is like, Hey, someone's got a deal or something that needs help to potentially be a deal. It's like, I'm available, you know? And, and that's, yes. something, that's something that's tough. It's something that's tough. Cause it's not scalable in the sense that if you want to have freedom and have more time for the family. You want to have more time for yourself to go play basketball and do stuff during the middle of the middle of the day. Like that's, that's not a scalable thing. If anything, um, we've already talked about this. I think an assistant or a legitimate client relations person that you're trying to handle. Yeah. And that is their sole job and their job is just to be you. And it's a really outgoing person. Shout out to anybody who's watching this. If you're looking for a job and you have an awesome personality you're good at sales relationships. We're looking to hire someone for business development solely focuses on yeah. relationships all day long with other investors, wholesalers, realtors, just to build those relationships, let them know what value we offer to source deals out of them, go on appointments for them, do whatever you got to do, which is what we're already doing, but someone doing it full-time. I think, I think someone doing it full-time because where me and you differ I want my time no matter what to where, yes, I will give people my time. But if, if I run into that to where I notice like my phone is ringing off the hook for some reason 
like, oh my God, I got to hire someone for this. Yeah. Because then I feel like a shitty dad. Well, and I don't, like my, I don't like my kid going off in the background because he's so loud and I'm not like you because I love what you have going on with your dynamic with your children. But my son's so used to me being on the phone that he just doesn't really talk as much. Yeah. Oh, my kids are absolute animals when I'm on the phone. Animals. They almost, if like I'm in this setup right here where they know I'm in the office. Okay. Cause most of the time I'm like roaming around throughout the house. Right. Yeah. Doing stuff. Um, but if I'm in the office and they know they're not supposed to be like making noise, they'll come in with the biggest smile, bust open the door and like, la, 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 la. And just like <laughs> the biggest shit eating grin on their face. And then I'll That's chase why I them go out. to my office. Yeah. That's why I, go I don't have house. a lock on the door. So they just bust right in and, uh, and act a fool. But, um, but yeah, most of the time when, when people pick up, they're like, Oh, you're always with your kids. I'm like, pretty much like, oh, yeah. you know, the kids are home, not all throughout the day, but pretty often and they're loud as hell. So you're going to hear the kids and, uh, but you set up your business the way you wanted it to like, yeah, no, this is, if you don't want to do business with me, then I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm not going to sacrifice it. If you, if you don't want this deal, cause my cat, my kids being loud in the background, like I got another person who wants it. So that's right. too bad for you. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else we were just talking about, dude. Just the routine, like what you like about it. So you talked about the flexibility, being able to do what you want. You don't like the travel. Um, so the travel just makes it hard because I really do like this year. I want to spend a month in Japan. If everything calms down, I probably be, I'll probably be able to do it. But you mean the if, they travel, if they're not giving uh, if the anal swabs aren't a requirement to go to Japan anymore? Yeah, I won't put my you... political views out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured that'd be something you would sign right up for, like anal swabs. Anal swabs? Oh, yeah, I'm down. Japan. <laughs> how, how many of these do I need? Um, so what what made you start going to the masterminds? Because that's part of why you were traveling so much this year. Like what? besides knowing that masterminds in general are just a good idea, I think a barrier to entry for a lot of people is yeah. the cost for a mastermind and the time commitment for a mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many people are face down in their business that they're like, uh, I don't know if I can put my money over there and commit it. And also, I don't know if I have enough time. I, could, I don't know if I can get away from my business for three days. I do them because they make me a lot more money, number one. And I get to surround myself with people who tell me really smart things. Is it making more money because of the people that are now like, oh, yeah, I need call magicians for my business. I'm going to sign um, up for that. Not, I mean, I, if I wanted to, I, don't, I, I personally, like I have a speaking engagement to a room of real estate investors and I'm not even going to mention the company. Like I don't need to at this point. We grow good enough and like, yeah, I own this company but I'm not here for that. And then like our e-commerce mastermind, nobody, like I can't service anybody in that mastermind anyways. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm physically not so you able make to more money as business. a result of what you're exposed to and get oh, yeah. involved in and make money from it. I get more money because my brand grows. I get more money because I, now I can raise more money from different people. If I want to buy real estate deals, I get, I make more money on top of all that, just by talking to people who are doing absolutely insane shit that I never even thought was humanly possible. And it's like, Oh wow, I can do that. Like I've, I've been thinking like, that really does something for the mind, man. That does something for the mind. When you get around some people that are like, act like us, look like us. It's like when I was in the locker room sitting next to Philip rivers yeah, and he's making a hundred million dollars and I'm just getting, you know, a rookie salary. And he, Hey Dino, how's it going? He's, jumping in the cold plunge pool like who who can see let's see who can hold their breath the longest you know he's just like goofing around like one of the guys he's not walking around with like right you know whatever picture it you want to paint to your head dude like because like you don't know what it'd even be like and i think the number one thing i told you about was josh josh and mark have blown my mind this year to where josh is 28 josh's companies i think all together are valued at like 800 million dollars Josh is the goofiest, most head-ass motherfucker I've ever met in my life. And he's just like, he's just a regular guy. Awesome dude. I mean, a fountain of wisdom that helped expand my mind. But then like, I can see it and I'm like, oh my God, what have I, what game have I been playing? If he's doing this, yeah. 
what game am I playing? Like I can do so much more. And for some people, it's really the smarts. Like if you're a developer, programmer, genius, like you and I might just not have those skills and be able to go there. But in, in a lot of businesses, it's just like, what vehicle are you taking? Are you taking the vehicle that's going to exactly. take you to the bigger $800 million company? Or are you driving the vehicle that's going to take you to the, the, the $500,000 company? Well, and I, will, I will say with Josh, it is a lot of it with what he's done. He's fucking insanely smart. Yeah. You told with me about, he, about his upbringing. Yeah. With what, with what he's doing, Josh is insanely smart, but I mean, yes, you can say that, but then even being around that. And then now that person's no longer in a magazine and I can touch them and I can fill them. And now it's actually real. I'm not just reading about it. And it's not like Elon Musk and like Josh is going to be a billionaire by the time he's 30 and not most people haven't even heard about him. Right. That's cool too. That's especially cool. My dad always told me like, you want to be the the richest person. No one knows. I want to, you want to know people who matter need to know you. That's all. Right. 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 Yeah. But obviously there's the, the celebrity route that then is like <clears throat> a whole nother kind of consuming kind of world in life, you know? Yeah. Like we, we don't do this to, I mean, who knows? Maybe it, it could it could get that way, but we're not doing this to be YouTube celebrities. We're doing this to expand our network of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is opening more doors and is going to help our businesses. And it's also going to help other people too. You know, there's no doubt that the million plus revenue we've done with the friends with benefits model that we have in our business where we're we're working with other investors is blessing their lives. It's also blessing our lives. You know, like everybody's winning as a result of it. Oh, everybody's winning, dude. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is winning. And I, anybody who's hesitant on doing social and that, that's why I was so big on you. Like, bro, it's only going to make, it's going to 10X your business. I know it's going to 10X your business. Another thing that was uh, kind of a barrier to entry for me or kind of like preventing me, it's like, well, how many people are already on social media? How many people have YouTube channels? There's too many. Like, what am I going to be? Like a little blimp that has no impact, gets no viewers, gets no followers or subscribers. Like, that but, but it's not it's not a zero-sum game. It's exactly. not like only Stratton can get the follower and Dean can't. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, there's there's plenty of eyeballs on YouTube that are that are gonna allow. It's a big enough. Uh, big enough ocean for all of us to swim, you know? Yeah, it's a big enough ocean. And I mean, some people are just going to watch forever. And who cares if you don't get it? You're not in this to be, what are you, Universal Studios? And even right. if everybody watches Universal Studios and they watch Sony and then they watch Disney, like it doesn't matter. Like what's your product anyways? Like make yeah. your product good enough and then you get the eyeballs that you want. Yeah, exactly. So what's your biggest takeaway from the masterminds? Like what... What have you been like, damn, <laughs> I'm so glad I went because of this. Cause, cause sometimes those aha moments, it's just one thing. It might be many things, but like for me, I might watch a YouTube video for an hour and just one sentence. Someone was like, Oh, if you say this to a motivated seller, this will be it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm taking that. And that might be the, all I took from an hour. So what is it for you with the masterminds? I was playing on making a million dollars instead of making $500 million. So you got a you got a better upgraded business plan now? Somewhat, yeah. But I mean, like, even and it's a process. It's a process, but framing of what I'm trying to achieve. And it as weird as this sounds, it, it is just a simple mindset shift of all right, I'm pushing for a million. It's like, okay, no, what vehicle will take me to 500 million plus? That that's the big that has been the biggest shift for me this year of I'd say with we're in the storage rebellion because of Kalani and that one. I mean, they make tons of money and they, none of them work. Um, and then the There's stuff some people would, in some niches that literally don't work. They just like put some deals don't. together. They collaborate. They, they, they don't work. Uh, and you don't need to work that that's the next takeaway. Work less, make more. Yeah, for real. That is my moniker. It's and all about will, the vehicle. It's all about the vehicle and let people actually do their job and empower them. Right. If I'm doing everybody else's job, then nobody, everybody hates their job because their boss doesn't think they can do anything. So shift gears here. Um, 
this is this is a question I think is interesting because um, you may you may or may not have an answer, but what is it going to take for you to say you're financially free? Um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm financially free now, I guess. And I believe that I could say I'm financially free. And I guess there's a different definition. I think, I think maybe like if, I, freedom number? if I framed it up, like um, at what point were you financially free for me? It was a handful of years ago when I had zero debt, like zero, zero, zero debt. And I was like, whoa, that feels different. You know what I mean? Like okay. that was, that was a, that was a, a feeling moment for me, a milestone moment where like, oh, I feel, I feel a little bit less weight. Like I can get out yeah. there and just go a little harder. Um, this year has definitely been a freeing moment for me. Like, oh, okay. I can go do other things now. I can go invest a hundred thousand dollars over on the side project, $70,000 on this side project, 50,000 on this side project. Like I've got, I've got more income and I yeah. need to go do other things. Financial freedom. I don't, at this point, I know how to make money. I'm not worried. I, th- I feel like that's financial freedom. I can think and I can make the amount of money I need to do to pay my bills. So a mental freedom of like not being stressed out. Yeah. I mean, everybody's so worried about like, what's your freedom number? What's your freedom number? What's your freedom number? To where not all cash flow is built the same. And yes, you have rentals that are bringing in cash, but something could happen and those go away. What do you actually have as a plan B as well? Or like all these other things. I'd say for me to feel truly comfortable and say I'm truly financial free for everyone around me, I'd need to be making like $100,000 net every month nonstop. And then with that, and that goes into taking care of everyone else who's around me. And then I'd need more money on top of that. <laughs> no, but that's good though, to like know kind of what that number is. And I, I'm kind of the same feeling, like to know I'm at where I'm, where I want to be at, it's, it's around that same number. Now, sure. I could say, Oh, more would be great. I want more, but if I'm, I'm the same. It's like, if I'm at a hundred net, like I've got all the options at my disposal, all the things that I would want to possibly do, whether it's travel, take care of some family member, take care of a friend, invest into this other thing, not work for that whole month, whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a magic number. And it's, it's, and you could say it's kind of like an arbitrary number. Like once I make six figures is a milestone that to me is kind of a milestone number to where when I get there and it's truly cash for me, flow. it's for it's me, it's truly ca- Yeah. Like passive. And like, for me, I want to be it to be passive. Cause we're, we're essentially there from a, from a business standpoint exactly. for net income, but like it, we're putting in a lot of work, a lot of work. Right. So if I can, and I have that coming in, no matter what I do, and I know no matter what I do, everyone around me is taken care of, then I would feel somewhat say I'm financially free. But then at the same time, if you're an entrepreneur and you do hit a number like, and you have it cool. And like, that's the way you are. I just don't think most entrepreneurs will ever have a number. That's my personal opinion. We're psychopaths. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So there will never be a financial number. When everyone around me is taken care of, I will feel comfortable in that aspect. But then at that point, like, what, do you, what are you doing to, for glory? What are you going to do to impact the world? How, how many kids are you going to help? Like, there's all this other shit to where money's, like the financial freedom thing, I think is nonsense. I don't, I don't know why. I just like, bro, you, you know how to make money. Don't be that stressed about it. You, can, you learn how to make money to an extent to where you know, you've, okay, your thermostat's here. No matter what I do, I will make $30,000 a month, no matter what I do. I can fucking blink and it happens. For me, my biggest personal uh, uh, struggle with that topic of the financial freedom, it's not about whether I'm going to make the money. It's about making sure I don't spend too much. And it's yeah, not me. I'm a frugal ass mofo. Like I do not like spending money outside of my business. In the business, it's like, oh, we want to pump up more, more deals. Here's some more marketing. Throw down. We we need uh, this camera that I'm staring at right here. Boom! Like no questions asked. How much does it cost? I don't care. We're buying it because we need it, right? This microphone. Boom. But when it comes to like the household, it's like, uh, 
you know, I don't want to buy new sheets. Like I don't, uh, <laughs> these ones work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have that conversation with Kalani a lot. Oh my God. It's, it'll be the death of me. It will be the death of me. And so potentially it's been a little bit of a motivating factor for me throughout the years to like, I got to make more money to keep up with the spending, you know? Um, and the wife at first, she used to be spending on herself, but now it's the kids. Like she doesn't hardly spend money on herself. It's just the kids. So I'm like, Hmm, I got to figure out that balance there. And it's right. But then tough. we need to be making enough money to where she can actively go spend on herself. And it doesn't matter. We I, can heard, I heard, I heard, you know, Brad Leah. Yeah. He, he said something that kind of, kind of made me chuckle the other day. And I kind of agree with him, kind of don't. I don't know where I, I've, I feel 100%. But he's like um, saying something about, oh, you know, he usually makes funny um, mocking people. So he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you need your wife to spend less money. He's like, no, motherfucker, you need to go make more money. You need to make more she money. She needs to be able to spend however much she wants. You need to go make more money. I was like, okay. I mean, that's kind of the approach I've taken and why I'm part of, I mean, I have my own goals and ambition. Um, but that's been a motivating factor for sure. Like, oh shoot, I'm gonna go make some more money. Because you're we're in the game to upgrade of making money, bro. You should be able to take care of your loved ones, and they should be yeah. able to spend however they want. And it shouldn't be an issue because if you can't hit that number, then you're probably doing something wrong, or you're not growing enough. If you are 20 years into the game and you don't have everyone in your life taken care of that you want to be taken care of, that's that's an issue, dude. Yeah. You've been working on the wrong thing or wasting time or something. Yeah, you're wasting time <laughs> working on the wrong thing. Something is going on. Yeah. To where like, bro, like what, what's going on here? Because your wife should be able to feel comfortable at that point buying whatever she wants. Right. And obviously she's not going to go buy a fucking ranch one day, but she can go out and she can go home, home goods, whatever, go buy. Maybe she has a sword, whatever she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Go buy it all. Your kids, if they need something, sports, whatever, go buy it all. I'm not talking about spoil them but they have all the opportunity in the world. And it's not even like the bat of an eye. So what do you think, what do you think is going to be your vehicle to get you to your financial freedom number to where you're like, I can do whatever I want. I mean, I have to build and sell something. I have, I have to like build and actually sell something in private equity. So you're thinking, you're thinking assets, you're thinking products You're What are you thinking? I mean, direct to consumer is interesting. Um, our service-based businesses, yes, still are interesting. And then, I mean, you could even say development at a high level would get me there. If I really wanted like to actually like go out and develop Develop some shopping centers or some stuff like that. Do do that. Doing that at a high level can make you a lot of money really fast. Yeah. My partner, he's got a, he has a friend who he's now partnered with in another business. And that friend pulled him into the development space to where, they're building gas stations and doing other stuff. And when you get to that level, it's cash intensive. However, like you're paying an architect to work on the plans for that. You're not figuring out the plans and staying up all night. Exactly. Under a lamp, trying to, trying to draw out the plans. You're hiring someone to do the work. So that's pretty much what that looks like. You know? Yeah. I don't, I've been sitting there thinking about what can get me to 500 million. I've been thinking really hard. I don't think, um, Yes, I guess I could go and raise a bunch of money to buy more real estate. That doesn't really sound very fun to me. Um, it, so I'm still thinking, but I know at least I know, right? So the goal is 500 mil. And I know the pathway to do it is by building something and selling it. Maybe it is a real estate portfolio. Maybe it's another business. Let me make this companies. easy for you. Just go all in on Pulse, Pulse X, on Pulse Sacrifice. Block. Hey, is it out? Uh, so I'm getting messages as I'm sitting here saying that um, uh, the Richard Hart tweeted uh, a website to go to to start. His whole PulseX.com is still showing the same thing um, and isn't updated. Let me see. Yo, let me see right here. Richard just, Hart Twitter. Just sent me the fucking tweets. Who did? Chase, my partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me look what we got here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Chase just sent me it. No sacrifice from your own wallet. Do not sacrifice from exchange. Okay. I think it's going on uh, PulseChain.com sacrifice location. I got a meeting with Chase in 
40 minutes. I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going, uh, I wouldn't say balls deep. There, there's, there's more that could go in, but um, I'm pretty bullish about it. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, bro, I'm excited about it. Yeah. We, we need to get Michael Butler finally into crypto. I don't know why he's so against crypto. You know what? For me, like a big thing is there was so much unknown, but for me, just this whole, the whole pulse, pulse chain and pulse X, not to go off on a crypto topic uh, tangent, but it makes so much sense to me. Like this is a tangible thing. It's an actual platform and a network where people are going to be exchanging. That's true. All crypto. Yeah. So there's, there's a real utility and application to what is I'm going to be investing into. It's not, I think hex is legit too, though. I think hex is very legit. And, and I bought hex as well. Um, and so all, all three of the Richard Hart projects, I'm, I'm believer, I'm a believer in now. Um, but like investing in a Dogecoin, could you become a millionaire because of it? A hundred percent you could, but you got to time it right and get, get super lucky. Um, what's its utility. Elon Musk said he was going to accept it as payment for Tesla. Cool. What else? He, did you hear see that interview the other day? It was like, well, it could be, uh, the currency on Mars. Right. (laughs) 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 Which maybe, maybe we're laughing now. And then like 50 years from now, Everyone's you know, using the Doge. The Doge coin that we could have had would have been worth a billion bucks on Mars dollars or something, you know. Right. We totally we totally blew it and our kids are pissed. Um, but uh yeah, so um okay, let me let me let me wrap things up with a couple more questions here. So um what are some of your favorite hobbies outside of business? Just time with family, snowboarding, fishing. Did you snowboard then- growing up when you were playing sports? Yeah, actually. See, my dad wouldn't let me play. He's like, no, nah, you see your friends over there with a broken arm? They were snowboarding. Um, my you dad wanna, was, You want to miss next season? No, dad. <laughs> I wasn't even good, bro. I wasn't even good at sports until I got to high school. So it didn't like it. My parents weren't that big and I grew up a country bumpkin. So it's kind of like what You're we like, did. Nah, whatever. Go snowboarding. It doesn't matter. All right, go over, go snowboarding. <laughs> Don't kill yourself. All right. But snowboarding, being outdoors, traveling, spending time with my girlfriend and my son and then spending time with my family in salt lake i'd say is and then going and talking shit and playing with a bunch of dads in different various sports that's fun that's <laughs> super fun <laughs> honestly dude that makes me feel like a kid when i go out there like i just i love being in that mental zone of playing sports i'm sure you get there too like when you're in the zone like you're playing <laughs> you're playing three hours of a football game like you have to get in a mental zone to be able yeah. to be focused to play at a high level when you're playing basketball and you're playing an hour or however long, like, unless you're just simply goofing off, like to play at a high level, get buckets and play well, like you get in a mental zone. So it's almost like this trance that I get in and do that's my happy place. Same thing. Like if I go body surfing or something like that and I'm catching a wave and just kind of cruising around, um, I just love that feeling, dude, just that adrenaline and the the dopamine you fucking suck. Ping pong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ping pong, dude. I'll get loose on ping pong for sure. Oh, bro. But yeah. What's your next one? Uh, so if you could live anywhere other than Fresno or Salt Lake City, where would it be? Um, probably neither. Oh, it's the munchkins. <laughs> This is classic, dude. This is real life right here. Oh, this is real life, dude. Hold on real quick. (laughs) Messing up the background, coming in, busting. Hey, dad. Dad, dad, dad. Phoenix, the the middle child, comes in. Hey, Kai, come and see this. I got the, the lights in the background. I got this little light back here. Come and see this. Oh, silly. So where would it be? Where would you live? Um, it wouldn't be either, honestly. Um, I like where I like our going back and forth now. I really like Dallas and Austin. Texas is pretty cool, man. I can't go there until I can afford like private tickets consistently and then I'll move there. Dallas, uh, Texas is a cool state, man. A lot of really good cities there. 
I was just yeah. in Fort Worth, Dallas, uh, which I've been to before for business, but not for like hanging out. So, uh, when I was driving back the sprinter van that I just bought, we stopped in Fort Worth. Dallas is one of the spots and we stopped in this area called the stockyards. Bro, it's so cool. Dude, it's so cool. I wanted to be a cowboy that day so bad. I was like, it was, it was, I was fortunate that it was late at night and all the stores were closed. Cause I was ready to go in there and buy everything cowboy. I was ready to get a hat. I was ready to get all suited up buy a cowboy wallet. Like I was ready, dude. It made you want to be a cowboy so bad. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on and kicking it. Uh, just chatting through life and talking through this, man. I super appreciate, appreciate you as, as a friend and uh, appreciate all the motivation. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? You can find me on Instagram at stratdaddy with two T's and two Y's to and two D's. Everything has two. And then if you're interested in one of our companies, go to like clockworkmedia.com or calmagicians.com. If you have deals. The clockwork is the, the media uh, yeah, service company. Our media company. Calm, Calm Magicians is a staffing. Staffing company. Then we have our real estate stuff. If you're looking to invest, you can send me a DM and we can talk about conversations of the deals we have coming up. Cool. Awesome, man. Anything else you want to leave, uh, leave the viewers with? Never give up, man. Never give up. That's it, dude. For Never real. give up. I'm sure you've run into some barriers. Like you've run into some, some challenges and stuff, right? Oh, dude. Made some boo-boos, lost some money. Lost some money. And I own, there only bigger ones are coming. It's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like only bigger boo-boos and like stuff is coming. Yeah. But like you just can't ever give up, dude. That's the only difference. It really in this entrepreneurship game. That's one of the, that's the, that's what sets most people about, uh, apart is like, you're going to get the crap kicked out of you yeah. at one point or another. Um, I gave Chris Williams a hard time the other, t other day. He gave me an interview. He's like, Oh, I haven't lost money on a flip. I'm like, what? I'm like, I can, get, I can give you a list right now. I'm like, he, I, I got to get a different host on here. I got to find someone who's lost money, but oh, we got to do a flip next year, by the way, just for content. I okay. made that decision the other day. Okay. That's good. Just for content. There you Some go. Do it. They'll, they'll be, there'll be one that will be worthy of it. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on and I appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you soon. Oh yeah. Talk to you soon. Dino. Peace.